Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Ali. Hi, Michelle. Happy Thursday. I had to stop and think what day it is. Happy Thursday. We're actually, sometimes we don't record on Thursdays and it throws me off. So oh, how are I you? I like when we record on our specific day. I'm good. Um, yeah. I'm preparing to go out of town next week, which means I won't be on the show next week. But I know that you've been looking for yes. a super. Have you found a guest yet? We don't have to say who it is. I, I do have a guest nice. actually, and I'm excited to say who it is if that's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, let's tease it. I'm gonna be talking to Tammy Lister next week. Cool. I know. I'm gonna talk. We're gonna be talking about the all women non-binary. Uh, release squads, the one that was and the one that is to be. So we're going to have a little conversation about that and what that means and how it how it felt mm-hmm. on the last one, what kind of pushback we got as women and non-binary folks, mm-hmm. and what we're looking forward to in this next one and how we think we might be able to, you know, I don't know, do differently or change the way we're perceived because of the previous success. I don't know. We're going to talk about it and I'm <laughs> excited about it. Nice. That's awesome. Um, And yeah, before we dive into the conversation, I did want to do a little bit of housekeeping, which I meant to do last week and I forgot. Um, I just Mm -hmm. want to remind everybody we've been posting about it on Twitter and we sent out a couple of emails. We are attempting to clean up the database um, and make sure that all of the members who are in the database are uh, a still want to be in the database and that all of their information and data and what they want and what they need and their contact information, all of that is up to date because we've been getting um, more than I am comfortable with amount of um, notes and feedback that it seems like upon reaching out to folks, their information or their contact information is not up to date. So we Mm -hmm. will be We have a form um, on our Twitter. I'll put it also in the show notes of this episode so you can find it super easily. Um, And it's just a quick form that lets me know uh, if you need to change anything. If you don't, all you have to click is a confirmation. If you do need to change something, you just add it to the form and we'll take care of that for you. And anyone that we do not hear from by uh, actually exactly four weeks from today, May 20th, um, Mm -hmm. we are removing entirely from the database. So. You have four weeks to make sure you get that information to us. And I want to make sure that everyone knows because I really don't want to remove anyone from the database who doesn't want to be removed. I don't don't want somebody to think that they're in the database and that they aren't. So, um, yeah, if you know anyone. But if you're not. If you're not on the database yet, by all means, join us. Yeah. And if you do get removed and you want to come back later, you always pretty open to that, too. Yeah, Yeah. you can always re-add yourself. Um, Totally open to that. If, if a mistake gets made, let us know. Um, yeah. yeah. If you have any questions about that process, you can um, Twitter at us or email us at contact at underrepresentedintech.com and we will get back to you. Um, but that's super, yep. super important. Um, done. Excellent. Now we can move into Excellent. the content of the episode. So the content, like we always say, we seldom have an idea of what we want to talk about. Um, sometimes we just have ideas floating around for months and then we're like, well, let's land on that one today. But this week, I sent you a TikTok that I had seen about code switching. Now, I've heard of code switching before. And interestingly, um, Jeff in my office, uh, my other office, uh, had been talking about code switching just the day before. And then I saw this TikTok. Um, I'm calling that serendipity (laughs) and not like creepy 
something in the internet knew that I was talking about it and decided to serve it up to me. But <laughs> this woman, on uh, I don't remember her name, so I'm just going to call her this woman, on TikTok really put a, I thought, a really well thought TikTok together, along with some other folks too, um, about code switching and what code switching is and how it works and how people who are in the situation where they do code switch should be valued no matter what, how they're speaking. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to say. Um, I have very little experience code switching myself because it just doesn't seem to apply to me much, <laughs> but, um, but I do have situations where I think I change the way that I speak to people. And so you and I were talking before, like what is code switching and what is just situational conversation, mm -hmm. right? And so I really wanted to defer to you because you knew in the in the conversation prior to hitting record, you knew a whole lot more about this than I did. And I would love to be educated while we educate other people as well about what code switching is. So Fantastic. over to you, Allie. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a super interesting thing, um, linguistic phenomenon sort of a thing. So when I looked up code switching, according to linguists, it really purely has to do with language. So when people in a particular subgroup, ethnic group, whatever that might be, change the language or the vernacular that they use um, around different types of people for different reasons. So I think the most well-known and discussed example of that is African-American vernacular English, um, which here in America is a sub-language, I guess you would call it a vernacular that is used by a large percentage of Black Americans. It's used in the South, it's used in the North, it's West Coast, it's East Coast, it's, it's kind of all over the place. And there are then dialects within those regions. So you have Southern dialects that are different than the way Northern people speak and etc. Um, and code switching comes into play when you can use AAVE or you feel comfortable using AAVE around other Black people or other people who use AAVE. So for example, when I was young and I lived in New York, I, the area that I was in was predominantly uh, Spanish speaking, and the next major subgroup down was Black. And I would say that AAVE was used just as much by the Spanish speakers as it was by the Black people, right? Um, so I don't even think that it, it specifically has to be with that exact group of people who are exactly like you. It's the people you feel comfortable using it around. Um, and then you have to switch into a different way of speaking when you are not around a group that shares that language with you. So you might have somebody who, uh, you know, maybe you know them from work and you think that they speak quote unquote normally. And then maybe they invite you to a party at their house or you run into them out in the world and they speak completely differently. They act differently, they sound different. Um, and that is code switching and it is, more often than not, I believe people look at it as a survival mechanism where they don't want to be thought of as ignorant, stupid, less than, uneducated, unworthy by the way that they speak. So they have to adopt usually more times than not a very, um, I'm loath to say white, but it's hard for me to think of another way to address it. Um, academically proper way of speaking, right? Mm -hmm. Because what we don't want to do 
is say that AAVE or any other language that people code switch into is the wrong way to speak, which is how a lot right. of people see it as. And then that's where you have this problem where people are seen mm -hmm. as wrong. So they feel like they have to be right. Um, and it sucks. Um, mm -hmm. I remember anecdote time when I was in ninth grade, ninth grade or 10th grade, I'd come from a middle school that was like 100% black. And I would switch into AAVE and I would act a certain way and I would discuss things a certain way with all of my friends who were black. And when I went to high school, I was around a much more diverse group of people, white people, Asian people, lots of other different types of people. And I was able to actually find my voice, which was mm. not necessarily the white version of me, but it's more of how I sound now, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of my friends from middle school went to the same high school with me. And when I would hang out with them, I would kind of fall back into that way of speaking because it was comfortable and that's how they spoke. And I wanted, you know, you're a teenager, you want to fit in. And when I was around my more diverse group of friends, according to my black friends, I spoke more white. And I had a friend who called mm. me out on it. And she was like, when you're around, you know, those other kids, you, you know, you act fake and you start acting white so that they'll like you. And I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, like I wasn't really even aware that I was doing it. And mm -hmm. I took offense to the idea that I was doing it because I wanted them to like me. But subconsciously, that was what was happening. I wanted mm -hmm. to fit in and feel safe. And so I switched the way that I spoke. Um, what we kind of started talking about was, you know, how does this, how do we talk about this in terms of groups that are not necessarily like ethnic groups or things that are not necessarily mm -hmm. like languages like aave is considered a language or a vernacular right mm -hmm. um when we're thinking about a woman who maybe works at a company that's primarily men how does her language mm -hmm. how might her language change when she's just hanging out with her female friends on the weekends versus how she might be at work with all of these men around her um and I, I'm, I hesitate to call it code switching only because in that definition I found, it really has to do with language. And I mm -hmm. don't think that women have a different language that, that we use, right? We might have different word choice. We might use different tone of voice. We might be more familiar, right? Like we might express more vulnerability. Um, there are just things that I would feel comfortable saying around you that I wouldn't maybe feel comfortable saying around a guy, right? We hope you're learning a lot from the podcast. If you have any questions or need specialized help making your space more diverse, equitable, or inclusive, book a consulting session, audit, or strategy service with us. Just go to underrepresentedintech.com services for more information. Back to the show. And so I think that's a really interesting, like, differentiation of, like, mm -hmm. where does it turn from, like, specifically code switching to um, something else, right? Like something behavioral else, behavior, adaptation yeah. or something. That's a really good term, behavioral adaptation. Because I think that there is then also the further extreme, which is, like, everyone has, like, their their phone voice or, you know, the way that you would talk right. to your daughter is different than the way you talk to your boss. And th th that's just, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. Mm -hmm. We're not going to act the same all the time. There's in many cultures, there's concepts of wearing different faces. Um, you have your inner face, you have your outer face that you show to the world. 
Um, the thing with code switching and the thing with, you know, what we're talking about, about women, that's a survival technique. That is a way for us to say, I need mm -hmm. to do this. Like it's, it's not a really a choice. Sometimes I need to do this in order to be respected, in order to feel safe. Um, I feel like safety comes into play when we talk about the queer community and how they code switch. Um, mm -hmm. I was listening to a, um, listening to a podcast by two of my favorite drag queens and they were talking about how, and they're both very effeminate gay men. And they were talking about how whenever they get in a cab or an Uber, the voice goes down a couple of octaves. It's, Hey man, Hey bro. You know, like it's a complete change in how they present themselves. It's a complete change in how they use their hands, all of those things mm -hmm. in order to, maintain that level of safety of like, I don't want sure. this person to think X, Y, Z about me and for me to mm -hmm. potentially become victimized. So that to me is so much different than, um, you know, using the right language or the right tone of voice in an appropriate mm -hmm. place. Um, right. But so it's yeah, interesting. I'm, really, I'm really fascinated I just by like that to... middle ground. Oh, I just looked up behavioral adaptation. I'm like, that sounds too good to not already be a phrase for something. And it literally describes animal behavior for survival. So it says behavioral adaptations are changes in behavior that certain organisms or species use to survive in a new environment. Yeah. And, you know, take it away from badgers and bears who hibernate, right? And talk about the fact that, you know, we as women, uh, the queer community, like you just explained, we do different things to ensure our survival. You know, like what woman hasn't walked from someplace to her car without her figure with her keys interlaced between her hand, right? You tell men that they're like, what? They yeah. don't get that. I'm like, yeah, because you're not afraid that you're going to have to dig your keys into some guy's eyes as he's trying to attack you in a parking lot. Right? I always check the so, backseat of my car when I'm getting into my car and I'm alone. Like, same. Yeah, it's all these things. Even in my garage, it's just like, it's habit, right? You don't not do it someplace because it's just, it becomes habit. Um, so it, it, I think it's very interesting. And I think one of the things that you said um, that kind of triggered a thought in my brain was when you said that she said you were being fake around the other mm. people. I want to, based on what I've read and the TikTok that I saw, I want to come forward and say that I think that regardless of which you've switched in or out of with code switching you are still your authentic self so I don't want anybody to think that especially we think that if you are code switching that one of those versions of you is fake it mm -hmm. isn't we know that that uh, you are your authentic self but you're just using a different way to communicate to fit into the to the circumstances where you are and as a biracial it doesn't make person you fake. Yeah. It, it was it, it took a while for my 14 year old self to really figure that out right because as a biracial mm -hmm, sure. person you know, I've always been on that fence and I would feel mm -hmm. like I had to be on one side of the fence all of the time. Um, and yeah. so that point in my life, I was figuring out where in the middle I could fall and what extremes I could go to. Um, and so, yeah, and I think that everyone has that. Everyone has, everyone is multifaceted and has different um, shades and colors to their personalities and who they're with. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm with my mom's side of the, my family who are, black caribbean people i get a little bit of an accent even and there are words in our vernacular mm -hmm. um that we use to describe things that like if i might bring you around you might not 
understand literally what we're saying right but that is and that is less of of a survival thing and more of a cultural thing um but we do it all the time and it is yeah a natural thing that happens depending on on the environment um and i kind of want to shift a little bit to to talk about like you know we always want to frame things in the lens of tech and the workplace and you know a lot of the people who listen to the show are listening for that context right um what really frustrates me is that you do have all of these people who go into the workplace feeling as though they do have to be a little bit fake right like they do have to put on this alternate voice or they do have to turn off you know certain words that they use or whatever or watch what they say or watch how they dress watch how they do their hair you know all of these things and I think that none of this is going to change overnight, but what we look for from allies is the acknowledgement that this is a mental labor that people have to go through on a regular basis. It, it takes energy and effort and thought, and it's exhausting, depending on how deeply you have to go into that. It is super exhausting. Um, and so when we talk about, you know, underrepresented people being disproportionately affected by things like stress and anxiety and depression and all these things. These are the things that we're talking about that feed into those experiences that are kind Mm -hmm. of almost invisible illnesses, right? Like we're not seeing necessarily the, the, we're not seeing it happen, but it is happening. What's really interesting too is like we're a remote world now, right? And tech is very remote. And so you literally don't get to see this very often, right? So you and I talk, I hear you talk to other people sometimes, and I'm more aware of your code switching than somebody who only ever hears you on a podcast, for Mm. example, or sees you on a stage. Yeah, my podcast voice is even different than if I was just speaking to someone face-to-face. Yeah, absolutely. But when we go to events, right? So let's say we are at a party around WordCamp US and somebody picks up their phone because somebody from home called and suddenly they sound like a different person to you, right? (laughs) That's where you're going to hear it and experience it. And that's where you're going to be like, what the heck? Who are they? Like, how am I seeing two different people? And I don't even mean that maybe they're speaking Spanish versus English, right? Just like the whole effect and the way that they use language with whoever's on the other end of the phone could be a code switching event event. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> Example. Sounds very official um, and fancy. Right? It's a code, code switching, switching event. event. It almost sounds like a band. <laughs> like a oh, weird alternative rock really, band. The code uh, switching I think event. So, I wish it was like mu- that kind of musical because like I think of some great band names sometimes. Code <laughs> switching event. Yeah. Um, so and, and then you might have the urge or the either confusion, right? Confusion's mm. fine. Confusion means that you're trying to figure things out. Judgment is where we err. Right. So yeah. instead of judging somebody, just accept them for who they are. Yeah. 100%. Right. So yeah, it happens. If you haven't seen it, you probably will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just accept people for who they are and, and their authentic selves, yeah. regardless of what language they're using. It's one of the ways we talked about last week. We talked about safe spaces. That is one of the mm-hmm. ways that you can be a safe space is to, yeah, accept people for all those different facets of themselves and also be aware that a person in the moment might still be trying to figure figure it out for themselves Mm -hmm. so for example like you kind of talked about you know how i sound now right versus how i might sound in an event when we had our first black press meetup 
um, last year at WordCamp US. I have never worked in a place where I've been surrounded by Black people. I've never been in a professional setting where I've been around other Black people. And I found myself so pushed and pulled between wanting to fall fall into that into that feeling and also being like, well, I, I'm kind of technically at work right now. This is not how I talk at work. And it was, it was, it was something I really thought about a lot and was very, very self-conscious of, um, was the idea that I was like, a lot of these people only know me from online or through podcasts or whatever. And if I start speaking differently, like, are they going to think that I'm putting on an act to fit in? Like I got so in my head about it. Um, so yeah, be aware that even as adults, I'm 30 years old, yeah. um, people might still be trying to figure out how to be authentic while honoring all the different sides of them. Um, and that can happen anywhere in workplaces and in personal settings all over the place. So yeah, be be compassionate. That's right. Always assume that people are authentic and um, kind and all of the good things in life. Absolutely. So. Well, cool. and I if hope we you have, have any linguists out oh. there, I'm super curious yeah. if um, anyone who is a linguist has anything to add into this topic because I find it the the sociology side of things I find super crazy mm-hmm. fascinating. Absolutely, I agree oh, with you 100. I said crazy again. I was recently doing our um, our Yoast SEO optimizations, and that amazing yeah. little inclusive language feature almost every episode tells us yeah. stop saying crazy all the time. So. We're gonna get kicked yeah. for this episode too. I gotta, I gotta find a, a better word for that for myself because I say there are crazy so many and words. It way too slides often. Slides out. Yeah, it gives you suggestions too. Ridiculous that is a ridiculous, ridiculous is a much better word. Wild, like there's so many different words that, mm-hmm. but that word always just slips right out. I'm working on it. Yeah, we're works in progress. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Well, have a great week next week when you're traveling and. Uh, Look forward to meeting with Tammy next week, and we'll see everybody next week. All righty. Bye. Bye. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. Yoast SEO. Yoast is your go-to resource for everything SEO. They help you rank your WordPress website and Shopify store. Go to yoast.com to learn more. The Blogsmith. The Blogsmith is a holistic content marketing agency for B2B technology brands that creates data-driven content with a great reader experience. Visit theblogsmith.com to learn more. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.